Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. (laughs) And this week we're going to be talking about Persephone because spring. Maiden of the springtime. (laughs) Why don't you sing the whole song? Persephone, Persephone, maiden of the springtime. Now's the day you know the way to climb back towards the sunshine. Then it keeps going, Demeter, Demeter, waiting all the winter, cloaks the earth fall and green, her daughters come to greet her. Yay! <laughs> so there we go. We talked about Persephone and Demeter. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. There's the story. There, it's in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like not sing the song when I hear her name now, like. It's, I hear Persephone and it just like all, all automatically I'm like oh maiden of the springtime <laughs> well I would have really liked to sing that with you but uh since we're recording this on zoom you know how that goes down it's like it's bad it's so bad yeah. it's really bad it's bad it's really the saddest thing I think for me about this entire pandemic which is not true it's not the saddest thing but it is very it's one of the things in my bucket of sad is that I can't sing with people when we're on zoom. Yeah. I had everybody last week, like, or week before put themselves on silent and still sing it. Yeah. No, that works. <laughs> still sing some, yeah. I've done that. Like, still please sing, please sing. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please raise the energy in that way. Yeah. Um, Cause I've done that when leading rituals and then I've gone to a couple community rituals online that it was the same thing it's like the the leader the person holding the space is singing it and then we're all on mute singing it to ourselves <laughs> so some it definitely something does get lost in translation but at least you still get to sing yes yes and it's springtime like we're coming into the spring and so I mean the, it, it feels fitting that we're you know talking about Persephone and um yeah all this all this bright well, I mean, some people are still experiencing winter. Oh yeah. But it is literally almost 78 degrees here in Northern California. It's yes. terrifying. It's our false <laughs> spring. I hope. I hope it's false. We need rain. Yeah. 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 I know. I was just talking to um, my friend, Erin at Full Circle Herbals and she lives in Wisconsin and it is cold, cold, oh. cold, cold there. Uh, so, you know, we're pretty spoiled here in this neck of the woods. It's crazy. I and I it almost, it just feels weird to me though. At the same oh, yeah. time, I'm always just like, hold on. It's still winter. Um, yeah. It, but remember, yeah, but I'm like, I'm this grateful. Happens, this happens <laughs> yeah, every year. There's like a, a time usually in February where we have like a week or two where it's like unseasonably warm and beautiful. And you're just like, oh, oh hello spring and then often we get more well rain but hopefully hopefully Mm. Mm. (laughs) so emily persephone right you you, we don't need to talk about the drought let's talk about persephone you have a strong connection with this goddess in my mind you know when you were like hey let's talk about persephone i'm like oh yeah emily's all about persephone 
because that's part of your magical name. So maybe you could express, you know, kind of share with everybody a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I picked my magical name, it was that there were quotes there, friends. Uh, (laughs) When I picked that during an initiation ritual with Veronica and somebody else, um, and it's been, God, 18 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Long time. (laughs) 17 years ago. Um, But at the time that I chose it, I, I think the connection that I really made, we did this whole like meditation and then we picked our name and that name just kept coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. And really the, the connection that I have with it is that journey to the underworld and the time that is spent half of the year in the underworld, half of the year above. So I don't even know that when I chose that, that name, it was really based on the entirety of the story, which we're going to talk about because it is, it's actually kind of a brutal story. Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily about that. It was more about the fact that I, I feel like I spend a lot of time in the underworld um, and maybe, maybe not consecutively half the year, but I feel like I'm popping in and out. And so the idea of Persephone for me in choosing that name was really about having the ability to dive down into those depths and really land there and be there and then be able to come back out. And a lot of that has to do with my own, just like delving into self and shadow. And some of it has to do with my job in, in, as a therapist, working with people in their shadow, um, in their Mm -hmm. underworld. So that's, that's really why I chose it at the time. It seems really fitting. And still, still seems fitting for you. Yeah. Cause I just can't get enough of that darkness. What the hell? Well, (laughs) I think that's one of your gifts though, you know, and I, I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe we can find a gift in this, in this story as well of, you know, Persephone and how, you know, through this actually feels like very violent and abusive, um, story, you know, that she makes it through and that make, maybe there's like a, a ray of hope on the other side <laughs> or empowerment even in this story, maybe. Well, I think, okay, well, before we get too far into that, let's just talk about Demeter for a minute. Um, Because I even think, and if we didn't do this, friends, please forgive me. My, my memory is, I know I talked about this somewhere. And I feel like Veronica and I actually mentioned Demeter back in the fall um, on our podcast. But if we didn't, here's the scoop. Uh, Demeter is Persephone's mother. And the idea is that when Persephone went down into the underworld, her mother was so grief stricken that the entire land became barren. Thus winter was born. And when Persephone reemerged in the spring, Demeter allowed the earth to bloom once more with her joy at being reunited. Right. So here we are in the spring. It's so happy, you know, everything's starting to bloom. And that's because Demeter's stoked that her daughter's back. (laughs) She's like having a big party and everything's bursting. Yeah. Like in the song, Demeter, Demeter waiting all the winter, you know, she's waiting for her daughter to come back. And then she cloaks the earth all in green because she gets Mm -hmm. to see her again. So I want to mention that because that is how this myth ties into the cycles of the seasons. Um, and you know, really as humans, we use mythology and folklore and story and create create these scenarios to make sense of the world around us. So this 
myth, this story, um, although what we're about to tell you is really dark and kind of violent and powerless and all this stuff. Um, when you look at the, there's pieces of it that really just explain why all of a sudden it's winter and now it's spring and who's in control of that? Well, the gods are in control of that, of course. Right? <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, so this, there's a force outside of outside yes. of us. That's there's a force outside of us. So that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this myth comes from Greek mythology. And uh, Persephone is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter. Uh, and some people pronounce Demeter Demeter. So uh, if you're like, who are you talking about, Emily? Um, I know that <laughs> this is how I pronounce it. And I actually don't know. I, I've not taken the time to look up and listen to somebody phonetically, you know, correctly, phonetically, not phonetically, but correctly pronouncing this name. So, right. Is that how you learned it, Veronica? Demeter? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I learned it. But yeah. I have, you know, heard it pronounced other ways. Demeter. Demeter. Yeah. Yeah. So as with all language, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> do you want to start? Start with the myth? Yeah. The myth slash story. Yeah, the story. So the, the way that I, the way that I, I will present it in the way that I remember it. And then Emily, you can fill in the blanks if I, you know, miss something or um, feel free to interject. So <laughs> what I remember is um, Persephone is out in the flowers, picking flowers, and Hades has taken a shine to her. And he has decided that he's going to pretty much rape her and take her to his underworld as his bride. So um, he does that. And in the process of this, I'm trying to remember like how the mother played a role, but she, she is, um, she tries to get her daughter back and pleads to Zeus. And there's like this kind of bargaining that's kind of going on. And um, there ends up to be an agreement between Hades and Demeter with Persephone, who knows at this point, I don't know where she is actually even at the, in the mess. I don't know how she is actually playing a role in this in um, negotiation. Yeah. yeah. At all. Um, but the agreement is that she gets to spend six months with her mother and six months in the underworld with now her husband. And I put in quotes, her husband, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so that's the engraving that's made so that she gets to spend some time with her mother and some time in the underworld with her new, new husband now. And I know that there has been so many different ways that people, this, this myth and story has been told and that there's a lot of different spins on it. And some say that she was not um, raped and taken against her will. You, do you want to share about that, Emily? Well, I think, I think what has happened and, and again, if there's like a historian who is like a mythology expert listening into this and you're like, uh, no, you got it all wrong ladies, 
please let us know. I, I mean, I, we are happy to um, go back and be like, wow, we got this wrong. Uh, <laughs> Because there are so many sources that I personally have read over the years. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it I'm sure has been opinion and some of it has been historical in nature. And some of it has been probably a mismatch of both. But my understanding is that the way that you just told that story, Veronica, is really closer to the original myth. And that over mm -hmm. time, there has been sort of this reclaiming of Persephone as this more feminist um, icon goddess who actually chooses Hades, chooses to go down. And then she also chooses to come back up and that there is an element of choice in this passage. So, you know, that, that is the modified, more modern version of this original myth. Now, this myth is an ancient Greek myth, right? So we're dating back, mm -hmm. back, 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 back. And um, I was just reading earlier about how this is actually equated with um, arranged marriages, which were pretty common during that time. So Zeus made this agreement with Hades and was like, sure, you can have my daughter. Let's do the thing. And then mm -hmm. Hades takes Persephone against her will, but she's doing the thing she's supposed to do, which is to go be this wife, um, to go down and Demeter's mad. She's like, give me my kid back. Like, no, 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 this is not working for me. <laughs> Emily's modern version. I'm sure that's not how she <laughs> much more eloquent. <laughs> um, and so as Veronica was saying, you know, this deal is struck in which I think in the original version, Persephone has no say in the more like feminist version, um, in the way that this has been transformed, Persephone agrees and decides she's going to come back up. Um, pomegranate seeds do play a role in this in that Hades gives uh, Persephone, I believe it's seven, is that right? Seven pomegranate seeds, seven or nine? I think, I uh, think it's seven. But I I'm not, think yeah. seven too, that's the number I have in my head. Um, but anyway, gives her these pomegranate seeds and they act as an anchor to bring her back to the underworld. So that if she had not eaten those, she might've been able to go back up and just hang in the upper realms for always. But because she ate them, she now has to come back. They're, they're, they pull her back into the underworld. And so half the year, she is the queen of the underworld presiding over this place. And the other half, she is above ground. Um, and, and I don't believe she's considered a queen <laughs> above ground, um, although she is equated with springtime, which is why we're talking about her right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> appear, she appears and all the flowers come. Yeah. Yes. And so I have this book here. Um, it's by, it's the goddess paintings by Susan Saddam Boulay. I love her paintings. Um, so beautiful. So good. Yeah. Um, but the text in here is by Michael Babcock. And I just want to share a little bit from this book um, because he talks about there being an older version of Persephone, the triple faced great goddess. And this is not a version of Persephone that I feel like I have heard much about. It's, it's really her her story for me and the way I've experienced her most commonly is in this myth that, mm -hmm. that Veronica and I have just pieced together for you to the best of our ability. Um, but he says she was the triple-faced great goddess, dark queen of the underworld, creator and destroyer of all life and energy. Her name means she who brings destruction, indicating her role in the endless cycle of creation, death, and rebirth. 
Persephone is a goddess of the soul, for it is in the darkness of the underworld. This is an analogous. I'm totally slaughtering that word by analogous. Thank you, Emily, for figuring that out. Okay. <laughs> analogous to the unconscious that the soul is formed. So the darkness of the underworld is really the unconscious. Um, and as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh yeah, this was one of my sources back in the day when I chose this name, because I've had this book forever, um, that really resonated for me. In the Orphic mysteries, Persephone granted wisdom to the initiate, for she is the goddess of a dark, uncomfortable wisdom. One of her titles is the saving goddess. Nowhere in mythology does anyone travel to the underworld and find her absent. Persephone is a goddess of dark and frightening power, representing the ability to rule over the aspects of ourselves that are terrifying and extreme. Wow. Now you know why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a very powerful, I, I love that because it's such a power, powerful depiction of her as opposed to being a victim of you know, in the role of abuse. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it really accents of like her as being a queen and being a ruler in her own right, you know, not that Hades and, and Demeter and, you know, Zeus, and they were all in charge of her fate and, you know, and she had no power, you know, it's like in her own right, she has her own power. Right. And even in this text written by this gentleman, um, he says that this Greek myth actually reflects the assertion of female mysteries by a patriarchal mythology. Mm -hmm. So in that, he's suggesting the story of Persephone is actually farther back than the Greek pantheon to another time, you know, that was less patriarchal in nature. Oh, so I, <laughs> sometimes I just wish I'm like, oh man, too bad we, we did. We don't have all that stuff written and available you know, so people are rewriting it. Right. Well, who knows what's out yeah. there? I mean, I'm not a scholar yeah. of, of ancient history, although in <laughs> another life, I would have loved that job. I would have been super yeah. into being a student forever. Um, <laughs> I loved school, but, uh, I imagine somebody is studying this and that there is, there must be something out there or he wouldn't be referencing this. Yep. I don't know. I don't know the origins of this information. I just know um, that this guy, <laughs> this guy, sorry, Michael Babcock <laughs> <laughs> wrote this in this book. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I just, I feel like I, it's just good um, extra kind of food for thought as to like how this, you know, myth has come about and, you know, I don't know. I just feel like just how it starts in this way of like, of being forced, she's being forced, mm -hmm. you know, to moving, you know, to, to her being actually, oh, possibly choosing it, or maybe she was forced. And then she, from this bad situation became this queen of the underworld in her own right. And, you know, was able to, to, um, you know, take back her power in that place. Yeah. You know, well, that's the ultimate like story, right? That we all hope for is that through the trials and tribulations, through the pain and the heartache that we go through, that we actually um, find our ourselves more powerful afterwards. We discover our inner power and are able to shine that 
forward. Now that's of course not always the case, um, but it, I think it's I think it's really what we would we hope for because so many people go through so much yucky stuff. Well, and to be in that dark place of the underworld, you know, and, and to actually be able to to be powerful and be in that place of darkness yes. is it's really difficult. <laughs> That's a really difficult place to be. Boy, you feel feel very vulnerable and you know extremely exposed. Yes, exactly. And she really represents all of that. Yep. Yeah. So much information. (laughs) (laughs) But then she comes back and it's springtime. Like, right. Yeah. Again, the cycles moving through all the cycles. And there, there are so many um, stories in mythology that really, and gods and goddesses that tie us back to those cycles, ways to make sense of the changing of the seasons. Um, and energies and deities that we might call upon or leave offerings for to help us navigate those times, whether it's to call in the good crops or to um, hope for a, you know, mild winter, whatever it might be. Um, we are always looking as humans for someone outside of ourselves who might be more powerful to be able to offer those things to us. Yeah. Appeal to them, please, please. (laughs) So in a way it's almost like us asking, asking to have a little bit more power still. Like, even if I don't have the power to like make the sunshine, maybe if I give, you know, Amaterasu or or Amaterasu or, you know, I don't know if I'm saying her name right or not, but she's a beautiful Shinto goddess, I think. Um, Or maybe she's Japanese. I don't think that's mutually exclusive, but um, if, if I appeal to her, then maybe the sun would shine on the day of my wedding or, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Well, isn't that true about every prayer that we say or every cell that we cast or every ritual that we do? It's, it's trying to cultivate energy towards something that we may not just be able to create on our own. I mean, exactly. ultimately we do create many things on our own, but all of those acts are ways of calling on more energy outside of ourselves, whether it's a, a god or goddess or just the energy of the elements or the energy of the moon or the seasons or whatever it might be. So um, she is a Shinto sun goddess of Japan, by the way. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Amaterasu. Tsu. So the last part is like T-S-O-O is how it's pronounced. Amaterasu. Sue. Anyway, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you remembered she was a sun goddess because I actually, in my mind, when I heard you say that, I'm like, wait, isn't she a moon goddess? Clearly, oh, I don't know my a, goddess. She is a sun. She is a sun goddess. I know. I've, I've, I, I've had a moment or two where I'm like, oh, I could really use. And I don't know. She just feels so different to me than any. Typically, a lot of the sun energy comes from masculine yeah. energy. Yep. So when I saw that, um, there's a, the goddess Oracle deck and she's in the goddess Oracle deck. That is where I just looked that up really quickly. On oh, the there you go. There you go. The goddess Oracle deck by yeah. uh, Amy Sophia Marashinsky. Thank you. Yeah. So she's in there. And I, I, when I first got that, I was really, really, I picked her a lot and really got into her energy and 
Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, female son. Yeah. <laughs> so she's starting to make an appearance out there as well, at least here with our warming yeah. days. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, we got off topic, friends. Sorry. There's just so <laughs> much, there's so many tangential um, little roads we can traverse here as we talk about the seasons and deity. Um, but for today, that is our story of Persephone. <laughs> Persephone, Persephone, maiden of the springtime. Now's the day you know the way to climb back towards the sunshine. Take it away, Emily. Demeter, Demeter, waiting all the winter. Cloaks the earth, all in green. Her daughters come to meet her. Yay. Thank you for Yay. letting me sing. I was like, <laughs> I, I had, I was like holding my breath so that I didn't join in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway well wherever you are in the world as you listen to this um i hope that whatever season is coming your way if you're in the southern hemisphere right now maybe you're waiting on um on winter and or actually sorry you're in summer right you're in summer waiting for the change into yeah. fall and if you're oh here, wow Right. And if you're here in the Northern hemisphere, then you're waiting on the change towards spring, but maybe as the season begins to shift, you'll start to think a little bit about Persephone and Demeter and their story, um, and how, you know, give them a little nod, I guess, in whatever way the earth is changing around you, uh, to just think about some of these stories that have carried people through time and helped to make sense of the world around us. Yeah. Thanks, Veronica. Lovely. Thanks, Emily. Take care, everyone, and keep it magical. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You could just click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. This must be <laughs> so there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius. <laughs>